what a pleasure and honor it is to be in the house of the Lord. And that in, in itself is a cause for praise because not everybody uh, has the ability to, to go to the, a house of worship and to gather like we do here today. And um, we, should, we should just be excited about that, that we can worship openly and freely uh, our God, our risen Savior, and just be so thankful and grateful for who he is and, and what he's done. Um, we concluded our series last week in the book of Nehemiah. So um, uh, we've got a, a placeholder here. We're going to be in uh, Psalm 103. And then next week, we're going to start in a series in uh, the book of Revelation. We're going to review and look at the, the letters to the seven churches in Revelation. So there's always a lot of question about Revelation and people get really charged up and excited about it. So if that's you, you want to make sure you're here uh, next week and thereafter as we begin that series. But turn with me your copy of God's Word will be in Psalm 103 here this morning. As you turn there, I want you to think about the people that are in your life and uh, the characteristics that those people have and display. I'm sure there's some people that you meet just on first blush and you're like, man, I like them. I really enjoy being in their company. What is it about those people that we, we, we initially just jump in and we automatically connect with? What is it about those folks? And then just to pose that with those people that you instantly meet and like, yeah, I, I just, I don't think we're gonna be friends. Have you met people like this? Maybe it's just me. That you, one, you instantly are able to connect with and you're like, man, I wanna to get to know them better. I think we can hang out and we have the same interests. And then other people are just like, you know what, if I see them coming, um, I'm just gonna walk the other way. Like I said, maybe that's just me. Y'all holier than I am, so. But when you think about that, uh, uh, there, there's something about them and maybe they, they, are, they display some happiness, uh, they display some kindness, and they're, they're open and, and welcoming, right? Those people that you instantly connect with sometimes. And those other people, maybe they walk around mean-mugging and everything's wrong, they're complaining, nothing is right. You know, those people that you kind of want to stay away from. As Christians, we got a lot to be excited about, don't we? As Christians, when you look at our lives and how we operate, the things that God has done for us, you know, we, we got a cause to walk around just always in a state of praise, right? But it doesn't always look that way. Some of the church folk walk around mean mugging just like the rest of the world does. Some of us church folks walk around not satisfied with anything in the way that it happens. I wonder why that is. I wonder why, what, what makes it happen that way? Because if you look at it and think about it, like I said before, everything that God has done, we've got all the right, all the reason to be jumping up and down every moment of every day because we serve a God that's that good, who has never failed, who is always faithful, always loving, always kind to us. So. 
How, who are we to walk around and complain about our meal at a restaurant? Oh, I'm not coming around here no more because the, the way staff don't treat me right and I, my, my stuff is cold. I sent it back three times and it's still wrong. They probably spit my food already because you walking around complaining, acting like you don't serve a God that's good. Hmm. Today we're going to talk about praise and how we ought to praise the Lord. As Christians, we have got a lot to be happy about. And when you consider what Christ has done, we've got a cause to praise. And not just praise in the moment, but praise continually. It praise with everything in our being. Praise upon praise upon praise upon praise. You're like, well, I'm gonna look weird if I'm walking around all happy and, and praising the Lord all the time. You should be set apart or holy as it says in the scripture. You got a cause to praise. And a matter of fact, you, you hopefully people are walking up to you like, hey man, what's going on? Why are you so happy all the time? What is it about you in this economy where you are joyful? Don't you look around how things are falling apart? But but you, what's going on? I mean, you on some special medication, or and you get to tell them about how good God is. You say this is the cause. This is the reason for my joy. This is the cause and the reason for my happiness. Can I tell you more about Jesus Christ and what He's done for me? Can I tell you about what he's also done for you? Look at that door open up where we get to share the gospel because you are walking around praising the Lord for who he is and what he's done. Look with me in your copy of God's word, Psalm 103. I'm gonna start in chapter one or, chap, or verse one in 103. Here it starts off, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this today. This gets me so excited when I read this. Who, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Man, I'm going to jump out of my shoes today. What does it mean to bless the Lord? He starts off here, the psalmist, David, he, he starts off here and says, bless the Lord. What does that mean? There's a lot of people who use the term blessed today as part of our everyday vernacular. And a matter of fact, people who aren't even Christians will say things, they will say they are blessed in various ways. These people that walk around and say, well, I'm not religious, I'm just spiritual. But you might talk to them and say, well, how are you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. Oh, I got this new job uh, that I've been blessed with. Got this new project where I'm able to work on it. And man, it's just such a blessing. Like, what do we say to people when, when they sneeze? Bless you. Interesting. As a sidebar, so I'm, I'm studying this this week and I'm, I'm looking out. And I, this thought comes to mind. I'm like, why do we say bless you after somebody sneezes? Well, apparently people used to think that sneezes were an omen 
or a warning from the gods, according to this professor at Fordham University. So it's these, these, this warning would come, and so from, from other gods, and people were like, well, just, I'm going to just say bless you so we don't have to worry about what's going on. Also, when the bubonic plague took place and weakened the Roman Empire in 590, one of the symptoms were coughing and sneezing. So the Pope said, well, in order to stave off this plague, uh, why don't we preempt it and just say bless you so that we can make sure or try to ensure that this, this plague doesn't propagate and people would stay uh, healthy and then protect them from dying. Or in ancient times, it was believed that sneezing would allow evil spirits to enter the body. And so by saying, God bless you, it kept them out. But even the opposite, people thought as well. They, they thought, well, if you sneeze, that's actually evil spirits coming out of you. And so we say, bless you, not only to protect you, but also the people around, because now that you're expelling evil spirits, they're going to go into somebody else. Another myth is that the heart would stop beating if you were to sneeze. So in order to make sure your heart stopped, started again, they would say, bless you. There's a lot of interesting facts that I found out about sneezing. I'm gonna, I went down the rabbit hole, let me tell you. I'm gonna save you from that, but I got more facts if you wanna hear it. But when talking about blessing, most people use this to talk about themselves being blessed. It's, it's talking about the, the physical things or the worldly things that are taking place. Uh, maybe you get some money, get a job or whatever it is. They're talking about physical things that they are being blessed with. Most often, the, the use of this describes some success or good fortune or preferred outcome or even comfort. But when we look at the Beatitudes, what we call the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, and we see this in Luke 6, Jesus uses the term blessed to describe qualities of a faithful servant of God. Very different from how we might use it today. Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 and 12, where it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. No, nobody want to be poor in spirit. In this day and age, in this world, that's not what blessed look like, right? But according to Jesus, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Why? Because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Or blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. We don't want to mourn. As a matter of fact, we, we don't want our loved ones to leave. Even those that are in the faith and full of the, the Holy Spirit, we want them to stay on the earth. Why? For us. We want to hold on to them, and there's nothing wrong with that, but let me tell you, somebody that's filled with the Holy Spirit that knows Jesus, what they're going to is much better than what they have here. And so that's why it says, blessed are the, the, those who mourn, for they will be comforted knowing that their loved one is in a better place if they knew Jesus. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Man, the world would have you think something different. You need to be bold. You need to step out and let people know what's on your mind and stand up and, and even uh, cancel people and do whatever it takes. But Jesus says, blessed are the meek. Why? For they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. 
Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. And at the end, he says, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Interesting how Jesus uses the term blessed and how different it is from the way we in the world or those in the world might use this term. By the way, most of us use it today. I don't think that you would call any of these things that Jesus talked about a blessing. So one or two things are true. Either we got it wrong or he got it wrong. And I'll tell you that he doesn't have it wrong. He, he is the one that is true. And, and I think Jesus knows what he's talking about. So when the psalmist writes, bless the Lord, what did he mean? So. You know, especially from our standpoint, when we talk about being blessed, is is this this physical nature, this comfort and the success and, and outcomes and, and all this kind of stuff. So how do you bless the Lord? How do you bless the one who his has all and is all? How do you bless the Lord? This simply is about praise. It's that simple. When we talk about blessing the Lord, it's about praising the psalmist is reminding himself and he's reminding us by extension that we should always remember to praise the Lord. If you know about David, the things that he's been through, he, he had a lot of reason to praise as well. But not just a little bit either, but with all of our being, with all of our soul, we ought to think about God's love, goodness, Compassion, forgiveness, and salvation. Let's not forget about what God has done for us. He forgave us of our sins. He healed our diseases. He put us in our right mind. He's put people around us that love and, and care for us. When we didn't know how we were going to make it the next day, he, he made a way out of no way. Think deeply about what God has done for you in your life. What has he done for you? I want you to seriously think about this. Some of y'all were on the brink of divorce, but God intervened. Some of you all have been through cancer, but God was your physician. Some of you struggle with anxiety and depression, but God is your counselor. Some of you are in dead-end jobs, but then you realize that God is your employer. Some of you don't know how to pay your light bill, but God is your accountant. What has God done for you? Praise God. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. 
let me tell you, when we earnestly think about what God has done and how good God has been, you don't have room to be apathetic. When you really think and consider how good God is, you don't have room. There's no space for negativity. There's no space for self-doubt. There's no space for being pessimistic. There's no space for worry. When you fix your eyes on Jesus and what he's done, what it does, it stirs up praise. It stirs up worship. And you've got countless reasons to praise the Lord. Man, man, come on. Maybe y'all haven't, haven't realized or thought about it, seen the Lord move like I have. How good he's been. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Look with me in verse 6. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He has made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not chide, nor will he keep his anger forever, nor does he deal with us according to our sin, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As the father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers we are dust. And as for man, his days are like grass, he flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it and it is gone and his face knows no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is everlasting from everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to his children's children, to those who keep the covenant and remember to do his commands. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. And he goes back to bless the Lord. The people of God are constantly under attack. There's enemies in the world everywhere. And they're, they're after the people of God. They want to turn us in a different direction. They want us to stray. They want us to focus on other things. But even though God's people are oppressed, he works on the behalf. It brings justice in the midst of persecution. And we've got plenty of examples of this. As we read through the Old Testament, when the Israelites were a slave, God unleashed his power and, and sent, slave, sent plagues over to Egypt and to the Egyptians. And then he led his people through the sea and, and freed them from slavery. Even after they turned to idols, God still revealed himself to Moses as a merciful God who forgives. If you don't remember that story, God goes up in the mountain, he meets with God. God gives him the Ten Commandments. And, and Moses is just walking down. By the time Moses is walking back down the idol, they had already turned away. They had already turned away. I'm like, well, you know, Moses is up there and all this rumbling going on. Like, hey, Aaron, make us a calf, man. We got to pray to somebody or something. They already messed up. 
broke God's commands. How soon we forget. We forget that quick how good God is. That's why we need to remind ourselves. Remind ourselves of who God is and what he's done. Because if you're anything like me, you're soon to forget too. Like I can walk into the next room like, why did I, why did I come here for? So imagine if we're thinking about who God is and what he's done and we don't continuously remind ourselves of that. How soon we would forget. Just like he reminded Moses and the Israelites, he would do the same for us today. And again, David, the psalmist here, a man after God's own heart. Let me tell you, he was not a perfect man. And we remember all the great stories of David and what he's done. But he was messed up in so many ways. <laughs> and he knew it. He knew how messed up he was. And that's why he says, I, I got to remind myself how good God is. Even while I was going out doing stuff that I shouldn't be doing, God was there and he forgave me. He knew firsthand how God had dealt with him. He recognized that even through his sin, God was slow to anger and he overflowed with unwavering love, God did. Even in the midst of him going astray, messing up, doing people dirty, doing stuff he wasn't supposed to do, being in places he wasn't supposed to be, God was still there. Fortunately for us, God does not give us what we deserve. Let me say that again. Fortunately, God does not give us what we deserve. What we deserve is death. But that's not what we get. Because God sent his son to pay the price on your behalf. He also doesn't repay us according to our sin. Imagine if, if we, we stacked up this debt and that when it came to judgment, we stand before God and said, well, you did this, you did this. I mean, we beat it. I mean, I don't know about y'all. Like, y'all holier than I am, so y'all probably got it better than I do. But man, the stuff that I do before I even get out of bed sometimes, like, <sighs> you, you didn't pray, you didn't read the scripture, you, you talked to, to somebody wrong, you, 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 you cursed somebody in your head when they, they cut you off in traffic. Man, that stuff adds up. What if you had to give an answer to, to all those things and that determined if you were going to spend forever eternity with him? We'd be in bad shape. I'd be in bad shape. I mean, I'm not going to speak for you. But Jesus did. He, he paid that penalty on your behalf. He, he wiped that slate clean. And so it's not your righteousness that God looks at and sees, but it's Christ's righteousness. And praise God for that. I mean, you should be jumping up and down for that because the alternative is eternal damnation. The alternative is nothing that you should wish on your worst enemy. But we get to spend forever and eternity with the creator of all things. How cool is that? We get to spend forever and eternity with him and just praise and worship. All the stuff that we see in this world, the, 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 the crying and the, the moaning and the destruction and the pain, all those things has gone away. There will be no more tears. That's a cause for praise. 
hands. Y'all sitting on your hands. I don't know. That is a cause and a need for praise. And the fact that he sent his son to pay the penalty for your sin is because of Jesus, your debt is clear. It's been wiped out. It's been done for. Christ's atonement satisfied God's wrath. And it's because of this, if you believe in him and you follow him, there is no longer any condemnation for you. You want to know how much love, how much God cares for his people? Look with me um, back in, in verse 11. This is how much God cares for his people. For as high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion for those who fear him. Brothers and sisters, he loves you so much that the distance is immeasurable. He's also removed your transgressions so far that you that also can't be measured. The Lord has an immeasurable unconditional love for his people and his grace never fades. He never gets tired of, oh, they messed up again. You know, forget them. That, that doesn't happen with God. It happens with us. But it doesn't happen with God. The way we know we are his is if we follow Jesus and obey his commands. That's the way we know that we, we love him and follow him. You can, people call themselves Christian. We, we're in a mode of cultural Christianity and people grow up and well, I went to church with my grandparents and my parents and so I mean I go occasionally once in a while so that makes me a Christian. Mm, no. It doesn't work that way. The way we know that we are his is because we follow him and we obey him. He's called us to look different than what the world looks like. He calls us to be set apart. Well, first, that, that means you have to kind of know him and know what he's called us to do in order to obey him. And we do that through the scripture. We do that by reading his word to understand who he is and what he's called us to do and be. Has anybody ever met a super fan? A super fan is, is someone that has an extreme or obsessive admiration for a particular person or thing. I mean, they just love this stuff so much that they, they just are constantly in it. They're constantly around other people who love it and they're going out and they're buying their stuff, whatever it looks like for, for an artist, for a TV show, for movies, or things of that nature. There's, there's super fans all over. A basketball super fan would not only play basketball, but uh, they would know virtually everything there is to know about the game, 
about the players, about the rules, about the statistics. They would know all this stuff and just be knee deep in it. They will be able to talk for hours on end about the merits of basketball and its history. That's what a basketball super fan looks like. My son Jonah, he loves cars and always has from a little kid. He just loved them so much. As a toddler, he would meticulously uh, put cars in, in lines and drive them around, and he would be able to pick one up and tell you about every detail on the car. And he's grown up to be a car aficionado, so a car driving on the street, he'd be able to tell you the same about, oh, they don't make that make a model anymore, and they're doing this and doing that. He goes to the car show every year. He can tell you about the concept cars that are coming out. Don't get him started on talking about cars. <laughs> but he is an example of what it is that we're talking about as, as a super fan. There's a guy on TikTok that I follow and in each video, he approaches people, and um, he's just out and about, right? He's in the grocery store, he's at the gas station, and other places, and here's what he does. He takes out some denomination of money, I've seen anywhere from $20 to $100, and he says, I'll give you $20, I'll give you $100 if you can tell me one verse from the Bible. This one lady, she's she's in a, you know a, one of those those cars to, to drive, and, and she was going past she's like, you talking to me? Is this for real? Like that's a hundred dollars? You gonna give me a hundred dollars for telling you a Bible verse? And she thought for a minute. She's like, oh, Jesus wept. He said, here's a hundred dollars. And she, when he ran into her later in the grocery store, she's praising God. She's telling other people, that's the guy, that's the guy. He gave me $100 for, for just saying one Bible verse. I was able to get all the groceries that I need this week and not just put some stuff away. But they're not all like that. He, most of them, he goes up to people and like, here's $20, here's $100, whatever. If you can tell me one Bible verse, the people are like, I don't know. It's been a long time. I, I don't know any Bible verses. You know, one lady looked at her kids like, you know some Bible verses? <laughs> and the kid was like, I don't, mm, you're taking me to VBS this, this year, so I don't know no Bible verses either. It's amazing when we, when we look at this and look at the things that we talk about that we love the things that we entrench ourselves with. But when we think about it and think about it, consider what love actually looks like. If somebody says that they love cars but could barely tell you about any make and model of a car, what would you think about their love of cars? If somebody said that they loved basketball and it was the top of their thing and they, they just loved everything about it and they couldn't tell you who the last NBA championship was. They couldn't tell you about any of the players. They don't know the rules. W would you question how much that they love the game of basketball? Some of us walk around calling ourselves Christians. Some of us, uh, us walk around talking about how much we love God, about how much we love Jesus. And it'd be just like these folks in the TikTok. You walk around and we can't tell them not one Bible verse. We can't 
talk about or tell anybody about one attribute of God. Is there cause to question our love for Jesus if we don't know anything about him? I just want to make this basic. Isn't that cause for us to think and consider if you say you love Jesus but don't spend any time in his word, we don't spend any time with him in prayer, we don't obey any of his commands, do you really love Jesus? The text says the Lord's love is with those who keep his covenant and remember his commandments. Look with me in verse 19. It says the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, all you his angels, you mighty ones who do his work, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works and all the places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Is this you today? Is this you who can say, bless the Lord, all my soul? Is this you today who is, is somebody that, that, that loves him so much that you keep his covenant, that you remember and obey his commandments? Listen. I'm, I'm, I'm being very plain and to some of you it might seem harsh but I don't want to I don't want you to walk away with shame I don't want you to hear this as well I've just been messing up so much there's just nothing I can do pastor why are you calling me out why are you making me feel so uncomfortable why are you doing this first we need to recognize that we have all fallen short all of us have fallen short. All of us need a savior. That's what I want to bring you back to. Because when God outlaid, outlaid, outlaid his, his 613 laws, this is what you all need to do to follow me. Every single one, we will fall on our face time after time. And that tells us, well, I can't do it myself. I need somebody to do it for me. I need to, a savior. I need somebody that can wipe my slate clean, that can do this for me. And his name is Jesus. That God loved you so much that he knew you were going to fall on your face time after time. He knew you weren't going to follow all his commandments. So he sent his son to pay the price that you can't pay. To live the life that you can't live. He did it for you. He sent his son to come and, and conquer the grave. Conquer the evil one. The story is already done. It's already finished. We have the victory because of Jesus. He knew that, that we would need somebody to, 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 to go and sit uh, on the right hand of God. To pray on your behalf. Because we don't know what to pray for half the time. We don't know what was good for us. But Jesus does. 
He knew that. So don't leave here full of shame. Leave here knowing that Jesus paid it already. He's done the work that needs to be done. He said on the cross, it is finished. And he did it for you. You have not gone too far. You've not done too bad. You've not done anything that the blood of Jesus does not cover. So we should walk out of here full of praise and excitement. Even the wretch that I am, God still sent his son. Jesus still died for me. He's still on the throne praying for me. We have reason to praise today. There is hope and his name is Jesus. Brothers and sisters, it's not too late. I'm asking you right now to make a decision to follow him. If you've not made that decision before in your life, now is the time. You're looking for a sign? Here I am. Now is the time for you to decide to follow Christ. Or maybe you need to rededicate yourself. Maybe, I mean, like I said, we, we forgetful people. Maybe now is the moment. My Now is the time where it's like, well, I get it. Thank you so much, Jesus, for what you've done. You are worthy of all the honor and all the praise. And I'm going to dedicate my life to you. I'm going to continue to dedicate my life to you to do what you call me to do, to make sure people know how good you are and how good you've been to me. I'm asking you right now to make a decision to follow him. It might be your first time. It might be your 20th time. But now is the time to choose who you will serve. If you choose to follow Christ and make the decision to bless him, make the decision to bless him with all of your soul. I'm here to walk with you, talk with you, pray with you. I've heard it. I don't want to say I heard it all, but I've heard a lot of different stuff. So there's no need, again, no need to be ashamed. I'm here to pray for you. I'm here to, to tell you and help you to, 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 to see what it looks like to walk with Christ in your own life. How do I apply this to my own life? We got other mature brothers and sisters who are here to do that as well. So I urge you to make that decision here today. To praise him. To bless him. With all your soul. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, thank you so much. Oh, we bless the Lord with all of our soul. We lift up your holy name. We sing like never before, oh my soul, and we worship your holy name. Father, help us to really live this out, to be what you've called us to be. Help us to remember every moment of every day how you've blessed us, the, the things that you've done for us, how you've always been there, and, and let your praise forever be on our lips. And, and not worried about looking crazy in front of anybody else because what, what we have to look forward to is better than anything else that we can have here on this earth. Help us to praise you with all of our being and all of our fiber, so much so that people would come and ask us what it is, 
What is going on? What what, what can make us uh, be able to be happy and excited? And we get to tell them about Jesus. Father, I just thank you so much. And things that we don't even have any idea of how you have uh, been in your handiwork that has taken place. Uh, we just thank you for all that you are, all that you have been for us, the things that you would continue to do. Father, we thank you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.